Hello, and welcome to the Association of Academic Physiatrists podcast featuring Cancer Rehabilitation Fellowships. Today's podcast will include a Q&A with Dr. Michael Stubblefield. Dr. Stubblefield is a professor of physical medicine and rehabilitation at Rutgers New Jersey Medical School, medical director of cancer rehabilitation at Kessler Institute for Rehabilitation, and national medical director of cancer rehabilitation at Select Medical Corporation. He is board certified in physical medicine and rehabilitation, internal medicine, and electrodiagnostic medicine. His primary clinical expertise is in the identification, evaluation, and rehabilitation of neuromuscular, musculoskeletal, pain, and functional disorders resulting from cancer and its treatment, particularly those caused by radiation and neurotoxic chemotherapy. Dr. Stubblefield is an accomplished researcher who has published extensively, not only in the rehabilitation literature, but in oncology, pain management, palliative care, neurophysiology, and other journals. He has authored numerous review articles and book chapters in the field of cancer rehabilitation and is the senior editor of Cancer Rehabilitation, Principles and Practice, the only comprehensive textbook in this emerging field. I am Dr. Alice Hahn, a spinal cord injury fellow at Kessler Institute for Rehabilitation and a member of the Association of Academic Physiatrists, Residents, and Fellows Council. I will be hosting this podcast. Welcome to the program, Dr. Stubblefield. Yeah, thank you so much. It's uh, wonderful to be here, Alice. Could you tell us about your training background and career experience? Sure. So I'm triple boarded, as you mentioned in the bio. I'm boarded in internal medicine, rehabilitation medicine, and electrodiagnostic medicine. So back in the day when you could do combined programs at Columbia, they allowed me to do a combined internal medicine rehab, which is actually very useful for what I'm doing now with cancer rehabilitation. And then I had an interest in electrodiagnostic medicine, went on to take the board and incorporate that heavily into my practice. I've just started at Kessler and Select Medical. I actually started my career at the Memorial Sloan Cancer Center in New York. I was there for a little over 13 and a half years, and then when the opportunity to create comprehensive cancer rehabilitation programs across the country came up, I jumped on it, which is why I'm here at Kessler, and I've been here now for really just over two weeks. Could you tell us, Dr. Stubblefield, what is cancer rehabilitation and how does it differ from oncology? Whether you're a medical oncologist, a surgical oncologist, or a radiation oncologist, your job is to kill cancer not as much emphasis on restoring or maintaining quality of life. Certainly, they factor that in when they're choosing their treatments, but they make cancer go away as best they can or keep cancer at bay, keep patients alive. Cancer rehabilitation is the discipline of identifying and treating all the various complications that go along with cancer and, importantly, the treatment of cancer. So, I usually say neuromuscular and musculoskeletal because those are among the most common disorders we see. Pain is a huge part of our treatment, as you would imagine, and functional complications, which I kind of lump everything else under functional, which can be lymphedema, fatigue, cognitive deficits, sexual dysfunction, bowel and bladder dysfunction. Any other sort of issue that arises from the cancer, the treatment of cancer would be under functional. Under neuromusculoskeletal, it's things you would expect like, you know, neuropathy, bony metastases, that sort of thing. So I identify these problems, 
which sometimes is very easy and obvious, sometimes very challenging, and then treat them to restore function and quality of life to the best of my ability and hopefully medical science's ability. Could you tell us, Dr. Stubblefield, how did you become interested in cancer rehabilitation? Well, interestingly, the journey goes back before cancer rehab. I initially thought I was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. During medical school, I quickly realized I actually didn't like surgery very much. I didn't like, you know, being in the OR for hours where other people loved it. So that wasn't for me. What I did like was the differential diagnosis part of orthopedic surgery. I also loved the differential diagnosis part of internal medicine, being able to use your hands and tests and laboratories to figure out what's wrong with somebody and then, you know, try to make them better. So I saw that rehabilitation medicine combined with internal medicine was a really nice way to sort of get my fix of being a little bit of a Sherlock Holmes trying to figure out what's wrong with people. And as my residency in the combined internal medicine rehab was coming to an end, it was time to now figure out what I was going to do with my life. And I saw that this job at Memorial Sloan Kettering had been open for some time. I applied and I got it. You know, when I started there, the expectation of the position was really to do lymphedema and fatigue. That's what my predecessor did. But those weren't really the things that I liked so much. So I very quickly saw that there was a huge need for identifying and treating these neuromusculoskeletal disorders in cancer patients. So, for instance, Sloan Kettering had a tremendous pain and palliative care service. But if you were a breast cancer patient with shoulder dysfunction and you went to this wonderful pain and palliative care service, they would do largely what they do with all cancer patients and start you on various types of pain medicine. The idea of giving you a shoulder injection and sending you to therapy wasn't really in their playbook at that time. I think we've all learned a lot from each other over that time. So I came in and I started, you know, doing a typical sort of assessment that any rehab doctor would do, and lo and behold, the patients got better. So, you know, I went from this emphasis on sort of soft things to really getting involved in hardcore neuromusculoskeletal ability to read MRIs. You know, you have to kind of just learn on your own and spend a lot of time with neurosurgeons and radiation, you know, neuroradiologists and those sorts to get good at it. And over time, this different way of doing cancer rehabilitation, I think, emerged. So why do a cancer rehabilitation fellowship? Well, any rehab doctor who comes out of a training program is going to have a certain set of skills, right? They're going to be able to do basic neuromuscular assessments and basic neuromuscular treatments. But the sorts of things you're needing to do for the cancer patients, even though they're rooted in our traditional rehabilitation principles, have a lot of specialized knowledge that takes some time to develop. I mean, I've frankly been at this for many years now, and I'm continuing to learn every day about what exactly is going on with patients, different types of chemotherapy, what the actual deficits I'm seeing are. There's no old history for our discipline that will give us that information, so we literally get to make it up as we go along. So I think any resident who's now interested in doing cancer rehabilitation should do one of two things. They should either try to get into a cancer rehabilitation program. At this point in time, there's only four. There's Memorial Sloan Kettering. They still have two fellows, and it's largely an outpatient discipline, which I think is my preferred discipline for this just because so many cancer survivors are outpatients. 
The first program was the one at MD Anderson. They also have two positions. They are largely inpatient-based, which also is a very good skill set to have, but they don't spend as much time learning how to treat late effects of survivors, for instance. And then there's two new programs. One of the programs is at the University of Kansas. I believe they just have one fellow a year. And the other one um, is at Georgetown University with one of my formal trainees, Eric Wasotsky. And I think that one is modeled very closely on the slow Kettering program. So for those, what do we have, six positions? You know, I think they're fairly competitive and fill up. But that doesn't mean you can't do cancer rehab if for whatever reason you didn't happen to get into one of them. My second option, and the sort of people I will likely be hiring here at Kessler and Select Medical, are people who have finished their residency and then have gone on to do another fellowship, not necessarily in cancer rehabilitation. So that fellowship could be sports and spine, interventional, traumatic brain injury, spinal cord injury, even pediatrics. All of these are very useful. Then you're left with you have sort of a fundamental skill set and you have a lot of on-the-job training to do, which really takes a lifetime. So my first preference would be one of the cancer rehabilitation fellowships, but I think getting any additional training after your residency would be extremely useful. So, for instance, somebody who wants to do, yeah, and there's a lot of spine in cancer, somebody who wants to take care of cancer patients who have back problems could do a spinal cord injury fellowship and then learn to specialize in the treatment of patients with all neuromusculoskeletal issues, particularly those of the spine. And that would be a very good skill set to have at really any center. What do you recommend to trainees interested in cancer rehabilitation? So just like I said, try to get as much exposure to cancer patients as you can on the inpatient unit. You'll start getting a sense of what these folks are like. That being said, you may not get exactly the right sense. So for the residents who are out there taking care of inpatients, they're taking care of inpatients from two different perspectives. Those who were just diagnosed with cancer underwent their adjuvant treatment and had a complication. So it might be a, a head and neck cancer patient who had a 14-hour surgery and now has, you know, severe deficits from that. Or it might be somebody who just underwent a allogeneic stem cell transplant and had multiple infections and severely debilitated. On the other side, you have patients who are dying, right? You have those who are at the end of their treatment cycles for their cancer and we've run out of options for them and you're trying to restore their function and quality of life in the last few months of life. Both of those are very important, but that represents only a tiny sliver of the cancer patients. So while I think it is very good for the residents to get experience with those, they also might want to see if they can get any experience seeing outpatient cancer patients. Those, for instance, breast cancer patients who have chest wall pain and spasm after their mastectomy and reconstruction or who have neuropathy, or even patients who have metastatic disease, but it's stable metastatic disease, which can happen for years. So I recommend they try to get some experience with it so they have a good sense of the spectrum of cancer survivors. Then I think getting into a fellowship, like I said, you know, either a cancer rehabilitation fellowship or an allied fellowship that will give you skill sets to help you with cancer rehabilitation. And lastly, you can do what I did. You can just go out and hang a shingle on your wall and say, hey, I'm the cancer rehabilitation doctor, and start courting the oncologist to send you patients and read and read and read and study and get good at it on the job. What resources are available to trainees interested in cancer rehabilitation? Well, that's a good question. So there's a lot more resources now 
than there were when I started. And when I started, I literally was able to read almost everything ever written <laughs> on cancer rehabilitation. There just was so little out there. Now, they have my textbook, Principles and Practices of Cancer Rehabilitation, which is a very good primer to teach you both the oncology. So when we say principles, to be good at this job, you need to know a bit about oncology and the treatment of oncology, and then how we do it. And how we do it keeps changing. Then there are other studies available that are starting to give you a flavor of the spectrum of cancer rehabilitation. So, for instance, if you want to know about lymphedema, it used to be the only lymphedema articles written had no real evidence behind them. They were just, this is how I do it. Now we're actually having studies that are comparing laser to traditional therapy and acupuncture. We have studies showing treatment of lymphedema of the head, neck, and the chest wall, which simply didn't exist over a decade ago. So I would recommend that anybody wanting to learn about this try to become a little mini-expert in anything that you see. So, for instance, if you run into a head and neck cancer patient who has multiple cranial neuropathies, you can actually go to PubMed and pull the majority of the articles on cranial neuropathies and how to treat them very quickly. You know, so I would do that, which is kind of how I've learned, just one case at a time. Additionally, there's now review courses. At Sloan Kettering, we've had two review courses. I'm sure we'll be starting a review course here at Kessler. And, you know, across the country on any given year, there will be a couple of courses that, you know, are dedicated a one- or two-day course to cancer rehabilitation. The academy meeting also, um, I have two lectures this year at the academy meeting. I usually have one or two lectures at the Association of Academic Physiatrists. And the AAP also has traditionally had a number of cancer rehabilitation programs, but they're a little bit smaller meeting and don't always run a significant number of cancer rehabilitation programs on any given year. But over the course of time, they run some excellent programs. Is there an accreditation system or certification for cancer rehabilitation fellowship programs? No. So the cancer rehabilitation programs are not yet ACGME certified or accredited. My goal, and this may be a distant goal, is to help create more cancer rehabilitation programs for the institutions that are associated with select medical, and those are places like Cleveland Clinic, Baylor in Dallas, Emory in Atlanta, Cedars-Sinai in Los Angeles, here also at Kessler, of course. So as we've developed cancer rehab programs and we can kind of pool our resources, talk about what the curriculum should include, and then start lobbying to make this an accredited fellowship. Are there research fellowships or opportunities for those interested in cancer rehabilitation research? Well, the fellowships often have research as a requirement of the fellowship, but that's different from being dedicated just to research. So that being said, any major academic cancer center is going to be doing a tremendous amount of oncology research now progressively with more emphasis on outcomes and survivorship. So somebody who really has a research interest, I would recommend that they talk to the oncologist at their center and see if there's any studies that they could get involved in. Often the oncologist will actually really appreciate that they have somebody who has an interest in functional outcomes and might see opportunities in an existing data set or ways to add to a data set that could turn into one or several studies. So, you know, I I was talking to a resident who wanted to do a research project from Mexico, actually, and uh, and she was very interested in EMG. And I 
suggested that she simply look at denervation in the pectoral muscles of patients who've had various types of lumpectomy, mastectomy, and reconstruction and see if there's differences side to side, just in denervation, never been done. So my anecdotal experience is that the pec gets denervated. It would be very nice to see, for instance, in exactly what situation. So there's project after project like that that somebody could easily do. What career opportunities are available to those who complete a cancer rehabilitation fellowship? Well, I think this is a wonderful time to be considering training in cancer rehabilitation. So our fellows from Sloan Kettering have gone to a number of places. Some have gone academic, some have gone private. And if you look at cancer in general, the vast majority of oncology care now is actually being done in outpatient centers, not in the large tertiary care centers like, you know, Sloan Kettering or Cedars-Sinai or University of Washington. It's being done by the oncologists and surgeons who trained at these great centers and now have their private physician practices. And I think that trend is going to continue largely because cancers have become less morbid, right? So your breast cancer, instead of doing a radical mastectomy, now we may just do a lumpectomy and radiation. So you're not going to spend any real time in the hospital during your initial treatment. Because of that, these oncologists in these practices are going to need the services of rehabilitation medicine. They're going to need doctors to help them manage all the multitude of complications that their patients suffer and in a way that really kind of unburdens them from having to do so. So, for instance, somebody treating a patient with colon cancer, they have a bad neuropathy from the platinum-based chemotherapy they got. This doctor doesn't really want to manage that. They would be delighted to have somebody who has specialized training in them absorb these patients and help manage them. So I think those opportunities abound in every major city in every state in the country. So that's just outpatient, and that's just private practice. But then all of the academic centers also are slowly starting to recognize this critical need for cancer rehabilitation. I'm constantly being asked by chairmen at major universities what they need to do to create this program. And honestly, the biggest barrier is a lack of manpower. So I think new residents are really going to have a very good, fertile ground to try to develop their careers over the next few years. What do you see as the future of cancer rehabilitation training programs? Well, I think there's going to be a lot more of them. You know, we have 14 million cancer survivors right now compared to less than 300,000 spinal cord injury patients. So we're going to need a lot of new trainees for all of the academic centers and all of these outpatients. I'm hoping that the practice of cancer rehabilitation becomes even more ubiquitous than other subspecialties within rehabilitation medicine. So my suspicion is that the major academic centers are going to start developing cancer rehabilitation fellowship, and most of the residencies, now that information has become more readily available, will start including cancer rehabilitation into their curriculum. But of course, you can't include it unless you have somebody who practices it. So just the sheer number of practitioners now across the country is going to help raise the bar in terms of education. Thank you, Dr. Stubblefield, for this insightful discussion on cancer rehabilitation fellowships. On behalf of the Association of Academic Physiatrists, We would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. More information on podcasts and the American Journal's PM&R, 
including the Journal iPad app, can be found on the AAP website at www.physiatry.org. This concludes today's program. Thank you.